God, we come before you today, and it's just what we want to say, that you are great. We have been moved by our music because it's caused us to move into you, to focus onto you, and Lord, as we sing, we sing about things that are difficult, we sing about death, hardship, heartache, we sing about the fact that you want to come and inspire us to hope that you want to give us security and confidence and it's all centered in you and who you are I'm so moved that you want us to know you especially today as we talk about how big you are how powerful you are that the God of all power would also be a God of all love and grace. And we just thank you. Thank you for what you're going to do as we listen to you, as we reflect on you today, as we give this time to pressing in to knowing you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love it if you'd have a seat. That'd be awesome. So glad that you're here today in the summer uh, as we get to experience church together uh, and all the things that come with that. And we're in this series called Know God, and you know that. Um, You've seen it everywhere this morning. And the series premise is this, and the reason that we're doing that is that uh, God reveals himself to us. He, He wants us to know him, and therefore... He calls us to pursue him, to move after him, to long for him, to be desperate for him, as we talked about three weeks ago together. The fact that he is knowable, but he wants us to enter into relationship, and just as all relationships require effort, our relationship with God requires effort as well. And when we know him, that that's when that we find that we can be the most fulfilled in life. We chase after lots of stuff, guys, but it's when we know him that we find that we can be the most fulfilled in life. Actually, it's the thing that we were made for. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, to look in your program, grab these message notes out, and they're going to help you today. We have lots of stuff to fill in, Bible verses. You want to open your Bible, if you wanted to, to Isaiah 40, and we'll be there for a big chunk of our time together today as we talk about God's power uh, together. And so I just want to say, if you don't own a Bible, we'd love for you to have one. And so if you stop by the bookshelf in the lobby, there's Bibles stacked there. You can take one. It's our gift to you. We'd love for you to be able to read it in your home as well. Right at the top there of your message notes, I put our theme verse. It's from the book of Hosea. That's in the Old Testament. The book of Hosea is a book all about God's love for his people, all about his desire that we would be in relationship with him. And this is what he says in verse six, th- chapter 6, verse 3. I'm going to ask if you'd read it aloud with me, okay? You can see it on the screens there. Ready, go. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. So you see that idea of effort, pressing on. It's an urgency inside of me uh, that I would know him, that I would follow him. And so today we get to talk about a topic that I think that's going to you know, help us out a lot. But the idea is that we can know God. Now, I know some of this 
what I'm going to say next will date some of us, and so I'm sorry about that, okay, just right up front. But how many of you were around when there was only black and white TV? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my. I'm even going to... Please do not shoot the camera across the crowd right now. Okay. <laughs> if you're from that era, then uh, I believe that, like me, because I'm from that era as well, that you would recall that magical moment the first time that you saw this. Let's watch this. Oh, my. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Wow, what kind of black magic is this, right? I mean, you saw that happen, you're like, oh, you had, maybe you went to visit a neighbor because your family couldn't afford a color TV yet, and you saw that come on, and you experienced that, and then it was followed by this. Let's watch this. Walt Disney presents... Awesome, right. We have a wonderful world that we get to see things no longer in black and white, but in color. Well, the reason I bring this up today is that something like that only on a spiritual level happens when you and I learn to start seeing God around us. As you start to know him better and better in life, you go from this kind of spiritual black and white mentality that now all of a sudden all of life looks like it's in living color, the wonderful world of color. And that's what knowing God does. It changes everything. Kind of the quote that we're using for this series comes from a book by A.W. Tozer. Uh, and so the book is called The Knowledge of the Holy. Just recommend this highly. It's in our bookstore. And uh, also we have a book called Knowing God. Both of these recommend so highly that we'd be able to un understand him. But A.W. Tozer's, Tozer's quote is this. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So if we think God is wonderful, then that's most important. If we think God is angry, that would be most important. If we think God is love, that's most important. If we think that God is distant, that would be most important. So it's important, therefore, that we know God, right? And we know him clearly and we know him accurately. That's what we can follow. Knowing God brings color into your life. As we press on to know him, and as we've looked at, we know his knowledge, we know his presence. Uh, today, we're going to know his power. Next week, we're going to know he's in control. And the final week, we're going to look at that no, nothing changes. God is immutable, and he never changes. And so in the series, we're looking at these attributes. And so there are certain, certain attributes. Some are called non-communicable attributes. That's what we're looking at. That means that God can't communicate or transfer them to us. Others are called his communicable attributes or transferable attributes. That would be like love and mercy, uh, the things that he can transfer to us that we can have as well. But in this series, we're concentrating only on the non-communicable attributes. And the first week, we looked at the fact that he's knowable. Last week, Two weeks ago, that he is omniscient. He knows all things. Last week, that he's uh, omnipresent, that he's everywhere. And today, we look at the fact that he's omnipotent. Now, you want to fill this in, the word omnipotent. Omni means all. Potent means power. So saying that God has all power. He has all power. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, to whomever he wants, for any reason he wants. He has all power. Uh, last Friday, 
I had the privilege of attending the NHRA drag race qualifying round on Friday, and I got to see an amazing demonstration of power as I was there. Uh, My son Ryan and I were given the opportunity to sit about 100 feet from the starting line, right on the side, uh, when uh, during about four of the racing races of the dragsters. He had brought his camera along, which has the ability to record. And so I said, I'd really love you to record this so that we can, you know, really, you know, kind of bring this back and re-experience this with your mom when we get home. And so uh, he put it on the bench next to him, set it to record, and then he put his hands over his ears because it had to have both in order, you know, earplugs plus hands because we were that close. And then this is what happened. Let's watch this. Oh my, oh, we were sitting there and we got to see four of these. And so, you know, it was like every time it was like when that nitro goes off and the stuff is just the, the fumes and everything's coming right at you and your insides are vibrating and down to your toes and you're just like everything from that came into us. And then I realized later, I went out and looked and see what was happening, actually going on here. And that was up to 11,000 horsepower. 11,000 horsepower. You look at my little, you know, Acura out there, and it's like it has nothing compared to 11,000 horsepower. And it was, you know, they cut the race down to 1,000 feet because of safety standards. And they were uh, in 1,000 feet over 300 miles an hour and in under four seconds. Oh, my word. It was just such an example of power. Folks, God is more powerful than that. He is way more powerful than that. As powerful as our most destructive hydrogen bomb can be, our God is more powerful than that. As powerful as any nation that we would want to put our hope in, our God is a million times more powerful than that. The Bible declares that God and God alone is the omnipotent, only omnipotent being in the universe. So today what we're going to do is we're going to step into the pages of the Bible where he reveals himself to us, and we're going to look at his power, his omnipotence. I put a few verses there for you from just to kind of help us out to understand this. Genesis 18, 14, and this is when God comes to Abram and says that he and Sarah are going to have a baby, give birth to a child, even though they're in their 90s. She's in her 90s. And so after she laughs... In disbelief, God says this, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, when I was reading and studying this week and saw how many times that God had to say the word too in there, the qualifier as too, is what I was thinking about is he was speaking to human beings. And therefore, as human beings, that we would look at life and we would see that there's things that are hard, there's things that are harder, and then things that we would call impossible. And so God had to come in and speak the word to, to us, so that we would understand that he has all power. He has all power. There's nothing that he cannot do. I think he could have said, and it would have been, uh, to me, even just as accurate and maybe even more accurate, he could have just said, nothing is hard for the Lord. But because we come at life a different way, he had to use the word to to help us understand this. Jeremiah says to God, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched hands. Nothing 
is too hard for you. In Luke 1, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, says that she's going to have a child. It's going to be a virgin birth, and the Holy Spirit would come upon her. And then the angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. So now what I want to do is I want to take a look at some pictures of God's power. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to begin with verse 12, and we're going to look at five truths about God from Isaiah 40 about how awesome God is. And the first is this, God is bigger. God is bigger. Isaiah says, go ahead and think of anything you want to think about, and God is bigger. There is nothing that is bigger than God. And so he begins with this phrase, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who else has held the oceans in his hands? Now, we have to realize that God doesn't have hands, okay? It was just a picture, it's anthropomorphism, that would give a human character uh, where there's not human character already there so that we could understand, so we get a better picture of God does not have hands, but it was giving us the picture there, who has held the oceans in his hands. So let's look at a picture of the ocean. Now, you think about the vastness of the ocean and how big it is, and then I was thinking about, you know, okay, that he can hold all the water of the ocean in his hands. So I thought I'd pour a little water here today. That was not much, right? Not much. And so my hand, this is all I could hold. Uh, would be just that little bit, but it says that God can hold... I didn't have a clue what I'm going to do with this water right now. I didn't think this through. (laughs) Right, Carla, I'll just go... There we go. So there we go. Oh, man. (laughs) Glad I washed my hands. (laughs) Oh, so there we go. That's how big God is. Now, look at this picture of the earth next, okay? Picture of the earth. Uh, and that shows the you know one side, uh, a flat side of the land and water. Now, someone actually did a study of this, and their conclusion was that if you scraped off all the land of all over all the earth, all the buildings over all the earth, all the continents of all the earth, and you took all of what you scraped off and you dumped it into the Pacific Ocean, do you know how much would peak out of the top of the Pacific Ocean? None. That's how big, that's how deep just one of our oceans is, that there is no way that we could even plumb the depths, and then we had that God is bigger than that, just one ocean. He would hold the water of all the oceans in his hands. Okay, let's go on. Isaiah goes even bigger than this. He says, who has measured the heavens with his fingers? Who has measured the heavens with his fingers? Now, just because I'm going to give you an example in a minute that will require some knowledge and some work on your part. I just want us to do it. Everybody do this with me, okay? Hold your hands up. Okay, put your fingers together like this. Now snap them. Okay, one more time, let's snap. Okay, so here is when you did that snap of your fingers, if you could see what was happening, light, a light that would come from this, traveled the circumference of our earth 7.7 times. In the time that you did that, 186,000 miles a second, that is the speed of light. Seven and a half times around the globe, just when I did that, seven and a half times. So I want to think about that when we look at this in just a minute, because we're going to look at a video which talks about moving out into space at the speed of light. And this video is from the American Museum of Natural History. 
And as we look at it, every planet, every star, every galaxy that we know is represented to scale on this. And it starts with the biggest land feature, which would be the Himalayas. So let's just go ahead and start this. These mountains are so big that to stand on them, by all accounts, is a spiritual experience, right? You get a sensation of how little you are compared to the grandeur of these mountains. Now we zoom out and we're going to show the continent of Asia. The mountains become like a zipper on the continent of Asia because the continent of Asia is so much bigger. Asia is the biggest land mass on earth. And yet as we keep zooming out further, Asia shrinks in size compared with the oceans and the water and the immensity of the earth realize that it's Asia actually looks small but now we keep zooming out as we're looking at that what we're going to see is satellites and as we the satellites come into view what we realize is I look into the night sky I can barely see a satellite and these are the satellites and this is a picture of if you look at it from space how close they actually are to earth but for me they seem like they're so far away into the night sky now what we're going to do is we're going to move away and we're going to start moving at the speed of light through our solar system and to, and to beyond as well. So just think about that. Snap your finger. We're going that fast. And what we see now is that after traveling one second from Earth, we would start to see the orbital path of the moon. And so that's what we're coming to see right now. Keep zooming out. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to look at it from one hour traveling at the speed of light. And you would barely get past the planet Jupiter, and you would possibly see the orbits of Mars, Venus, and the Earth as you've traveled only one hour. But be, keep going on, traveling at light speed. We're going to come up to one day. One day, you're going to look back and you're going to see our solar system, and our massive Earth would be nothing but a speck. And you would start to see our sun, which is so massive that it contained 1.3 million Earths. But now it looks tiny compared to the other stars after just one year of traveling at light speed. And if you kept going further, maybe in your lifetime, 70 years, you would travel to the extent of the first radio signals that we've ever sent, an extent of their reach. Then if you kept traveling, this is crazy, 100,000 light years, years at the speed of light, you would reach the end of the Milky Way, the massive galaxy that our solar system is in. And then at the end of one million years, you would see that the massive galaxy is just one. 100 million years, you would get to the end of the galaxies and you would see that there's still blackness that we've not been able to map yet. If you kept going, you would get to the end of our cosmic horizon in space, which includes light so mysterious that scientists don't even know its origin and where it comes from. And they call it light from the Big Bang, but they're really not sure what it is. That's how massive the heavens are. You saw the figure right there, 13.7 billion light years across. Now look at this for a moment. I just want you to look at that. God can hold the heavens in his hands. I've got a marble. Doesn't that look kind of like a marble here? And this is God with what we're looking at. He is bigger than anything we could ever, ever, ever imagine or dream. God is bigger. Okay, let's move on. God is second, stronger. He's stronger. 
Think of the most incredible feat of strength you've seen, and God is stronger. So it goes on and says in verse 12b, and then we're going to look at 15b, he says this, Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Now, once again, another scientist, and you know, I just would love maybe to have the job of being a scientist, okay? Because you just get to do all kinds of crazy things. But this scientist calculated how much everything on the earth would weigh, okay? We, the earth, earth is weightless in space, but how much would everything on earth weigh with our gravity? And he determined it to be six septillion kilograms, six septillion, that's six with 24 zeros after it. That's how much everything would weigh. And generally what he's saying there, and Isaiah is saying that it's nothing more to God than a grain of sand. I brought a bag of sand here, and I don't even think I can pull a grain out, but I'm getting close to having one little grain. You cannot even see it. You cannot even see it. It's nothing for me to move my arm right now. I mean, this is weightlifting for me, (laughs) but this is nothing to God. Just a grain of sand. God is stronger. He's bigger and he's stronger. Then he goes on to say that God is greater, that God is greater. And and so I just want to ask a question. Have you ever met someone who's a celebrity? Someone that our society would say is great. Uh, Bobby Bro, our children's pastor, amazed us one time with this picture. Uh, He had gone to the East Coast on a special visit and so I'm looking for that picture to pop up. There it is, right there. Bobby's on the right, and uh, we have a picture here of you know, him, in, him in a suit. By, that's, I've never seen that except then, uh, Bobby in a suit. And uh, then, is, if you, I know it's a little bit dark right now. You can't see it, but right in the middle is President Bush. And so he got to be in the White House and go into the Oval Oval Room office and see the president there. So that's Bobby's claim to fame right there, that he got to do that. And so I just want to ask you, who have you ever seen that's great? You know, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them someone that you've seen that you would say is a celebrity or great, if you have someone. Anybody have something they want to share? Bobsy? Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. John Wayne. Woo! What's that? Bob Hope. Okay. Say that again. Clayton Kershaw. Awesome. But pardon? Oh, there we go. Buy some popcorn, man. That's wonderful. I thought you were going to say, you know, something like Colonel Sanders. You know, you got to see <laughs> Colonel Sanders. So that's awesome. But here's the deal. Uh, if you look at what he says here in Isaiah 40, 15a, it says all the nations. And so if you were to think about this, it would refer to all the kings. And then therefore all the great people of the world are but a drop in the bucket. A drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. Take all the power of all the nations of all the earth, and our God is greater than all of them put together. Okay, backside of your notes. Fourth, God is unlimited. God is unlimited. He has unlimited power, unlimited strength, unlimited endurance, unlimited might. Can you think of... Well, I'm not going to ask this question because you probably can, and I look stupid. But (laughs) I can't think of anything that has unlimited power. 
You know, if I go to the store and I buy a battery, the battery starts losing power and it runs out. And we just, you even look at our entire solar system and they know that they talk about the fact that we're losing power. So nothing that has been created can sustain itself. Only God has unlimited power because there's no beginning with God. He has unlimited power. And this is what Isaiah 40, 28 says. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And so what we have to remember is, is that God is never tiring. God never runs short on energy. He never needs a jump start. Uh, he never feels drained. He never feels that he has to, you know, kind of get back and say, oh, I've got to recharge because i got some big stuff coming up. You know, that's never God. He always has all power. And then lastly, God is able. God is able. Because without all that power, what good would it do? Except now we learn he's able. He's able to make a difference, and especially a difference to us. He has power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. So here's what you need to hear. God says he's able to give you all the power you need. He's able to give you all the power you need. I read one time that we need power in three areas. You might want to write these down somewhere. We need power to stop. We need power to start. And we need power to stay. So there are certain things that we need power that we could stop doing. And so we need God's power to make us stop. There are certain things that we know that we need to do, right? And yet we are stuck. God says, I will give you the power to start. And then there are times when it's very difficult and we wonder how we're going to hang on, how we're going to be able to survive this moment. And what we know is God will give us the power to stay. We can trust God and his power. So that's what Isaiah says about God. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's greater, he's unlimited, and he's able that is God in living color. Maybe it was black and white before, but that is God in living color. So now what's my response? I'm sure the people who saw the color TV the first time were like, yippee, right? That's our response. Yippee, look at God. He is so great. So let's just talk for just a minute about the response that we would have about God's power. And the first one is act. Oh, excuse me. I must have gone too far here. We're off here, so I'm going to get back and sync, and then I'll be back with you in just a second. Um, it, before the service, I was practicing that whole thing about the uh, going through the planets, and so because I wanted to keep it right, so I got my notes out of order. So I have power right now to make a change, and here we go. So the first is surrender, okay? Surrender. Surrender. And it says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago that he knows everything. He's searching the whole earth to strengthen those, to give power to those who are fully committed to him. Why don't you underline that, fully committed to him? So what he's calling us to is he's calling us to an act of surrender. As Hosea said, press on that you may know me. Press on that you may know me. And so that's why this series, folks, is so important for all of us. A series is not just learning facts about God. I mean, most of you probably know more facts about God than uh, can actually do you good. 
you know, so much about him. This series is about learning about the person of God. Learning about how to have a relationship with God. See, in our last series that we just finished in Galatians, we learned something. We had a phrase that we used in that series called progressive transformation. Progressive transformation. And basically, that we are transformed into the image of Jesus Christ over time. It's a process. Now, I just want to be really clear about this as we talk about knowing God and becoming like Jesus. You will not become like Jesus just from gaining more information about Jesus. You will not become like God, like Jesus, because we're not we'll never be like God, from gaining more information about Jesus. And I'll just add, or from learning what Jesus wants you to do. And then thinking that if you do it, you'll become like him. You will become more like Jesus as you hang with the Father. As you hang with the Father, just as Jesus did. So I read a phrase this week, and this is what caused me to come into this whole part of my series. Right, I mean, the message right now was just one phrase. And I read the phrase this week, and the author called, said about our growth in Christ, instead of progressive transformation, he called it progressive nearness. That it's as I progressively get closer and closer to God, that in that place, with his power, that I made more and more like Jesus. And that's the goal of this series, is to show us God, but then to help us to move closer to him. And as we move closer to him, that we are then now empowered to do the good works with and for him. So the first is I surrender to that process. The second is this, trust. Trust. Now, you could have used other words here, uh, like depend or wait, uh, but it's really saying that I'm going to trust, and as we're going to look at next week, that God's in charge and that he's in control and he's going to give me all that I need. Isaiah 40, 31, a verse that I'm sure some of you have quoted and used many times. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. New strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So what we would want to do here is we'd want to say, as I learn to place my confidence in who I know God to be, as I learn to trust in him, then what I do is I depend on him and I even wait on him so that he can empower me to do what he's called me to do or to tackle the thing that's before me or to actually withstand the thing that's before me. He can give me strength there. That's the omnipotent God of the universe that we're talking about. See, I just want you, to, and I just want to say this right now because some of us may be stuck here in this waiting time where we're waiting on God. I'll just say it this way. Just because God doesn't do what you want doesn't mean God is not able. Okay, we need to trust him that he's in charge and he's in control and he has our best in mind. There's nothing too big for God. There's nothing too small for God. And when we trust him, it brings him honor. I love, you know, one of my favorite verses, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest in me, so that I can have his power. Knowing I have an omnipotent God gives me quiet confidence that I can face every obstacle 
with utter peace and without fear. Now, folks, some of you just need to hear this. Every obstacle, every hurdle, with utter peace and without fear. Okay, next is act. I need to act. Act in faith on what God has given me power to do. But I'll say it a different way. Sometimes God waits for us to act in faith before he gives us the power. Sometimes he waits for us to act in faith before he gives us the power. So what happens is, is I'm feeling weak, and in my weakness, I can look at my strength and my ability, and then I can you know, go plop on the couch. Or I can say, I can't do this, or I can't move. And, and I can't tell how many times that's exactly what I think personally. Uh, and so what I, if I get stuck in my weakness and what I can do, then I'm not going to do a whole lot. But if I can now move my, eye, my focus and I can see God in living color then, and his omnipotence, then I'm going to take a step forward. And so uh, move forward with him. If you've never moved out of your comfort zone, then you never have experienced God's full power. If you've always tried to keep the world comfortable, then you've never really experienced his full power. Look at what it says in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. It was kind of like this, you know, you're going to the store and the store has automatic doors and you go up so far and you stand on the curb and you wait for the doors to open. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. You see people come out, the doors open for them, they close again, but for you, nothing happens. And then what happens is you take a step and then you take another step, all of a sudden, magic, and the doors open. Well, it's not magic, folks, but there are times when God wants us to move forward first so that he can supply us with the power that he's waiting to give us because he wants to see and our relationship with him. Walk with confidence so that he can strengthen us with power. Uh, Kim and I had kind of a, an example of this on Friday. On Friday, uh, our neighbors uh, have a lady who cleans their house. And so um, she's there every Friday and because that's my day off. Then we see that car come and go a lot. Well, this Friday, a different car, different vehicle shows up. And so then I hear Kim outside talking, and she comes in and says, where are our jumper cables? Uh, she's borrowed a pickup, and the battery is dead. See, batteries have limited power. And so the battery is dead. And so we took our jumper cables up there in my car, and she's there. She tells us this whole story about how she had um, borrowed this pickup for the weekend because it was her daughter's birthday, and they were, you know, it could haul a boat, and they were going to the lake, and everybody was at the lake, and her, she was only going to work for two hours, and then she was going to go get the boat, and she was going to haul it to the lake. So the whole party was centered on her, and the battery was dead. And so we put, put jumper cables on it. I'm thinking, this will be easy. We just put jumper cables on it, and just go. And we, so I say, okay, she goes in, she starts, and it goes, <laughs> nothing. I'm like, okay, so this is, wait a minute. So I get back in my car and rev the engine up to you know, create more amperage or maybe just because I thought I could control it. I'm not sure what happens when you give <laughs> gas at that moment. So I'm give, you know, giving more amps to the battery and we wait for like three minutes and I'm like, okay, try it. <laughs> Nothing happened. So then I'm like, okay, so all of a sudden I hear, because I'm sitting in my car, I hear Kim burst out into a prayer. Didn't ask the lady. She just starts praying. 
So she starts praying that God would move and that God would work and that God wanted this party to, be, to go on. She just prayed this amazing prayer of faith. And, so, and, and the woman's watching Kim. Kim's got her eyes closed. The woman's watching Kim with her eyes wide open. You know, and so at the end of Kim's prayer, uh, she, she looks at Kim and she says, thank you. I don't have a working relationship with him. <laughs> a powerful moment, folks. So we get back in the car and I'm thinking, it's got to start now. <laughs> she gets back in her car and it goes. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, I'm talking about power on Sunday. And I'm really, I'm really going to call out on you right now that there would be power. So I get out and I say, God, I'm talking about power out loud uh, this Sunday. And so I said, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. So I took the cables and I adjusted them all back, got everything you know, situated again. And I'm like, okay, God, this is a chance right now. Show her your power. And so I get back in my car. She gets back in hers. She turns and goes, starts right up. Starts right up. And... Yeah, it was like one of those moments. And I'm going, awesome, thank you, God. And so we said that out loud to her as well. No, we have no idea how this impacted her, but it sure impacted us. It sure impacted us. And now you're probably sitting there thinking, Ron, should I pray about this kind of stuff all the time? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, you, you should pray that God would work in ways that would show his power. And I just want to say this, though, right now, because some of you are thinking, I don't have that kind of faith. And I read this quote this week, and it says this, it's not important that I have great faith in God, but what's important that I have faith in a great God, that I believe him and that he's going to work. So don't let anyone tell you that you need more faith. It's all about the God you have faith in and what he can do to make a change. Because Jesus says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed, that that would move a mountain. So it's not the size of your faith, it's the faith you have in a great God. And then last, it gets us down to what I'm feeling right now, is praise, is praise. This is where Mark ended last week, and I was so moved by that part of his message that I thought that's where I'm going to end as well. And the whole idea, I have awe over God's power. The I have draws out a response of praise and worship, and there's no greater verse than Revelation 19. And from the King James Version... Because that's the version Handel had when he wrote the Hallelujah Chorus. And it says this, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent. And I put Almighty there because every time you read the word Almighty in the Bible, it means omnipotent. Omnipotent reigneth. And our response to God's omnipotence is to praise him for his mighty power that has worked in our lives. Our God is able. Our God has all power. Our God has infinite power. And it's for us. Now, I just want you to stop right now. I just want to think of a place where you feel the need for power. Think of a place where you're feeling anxious. Think of somewhere where you're feeling fear right now. A place where you feel lack. Do you feel there's not enough? A place where you're feeling in this weakness that you can't even, you don't even know how you're going to take the step to move to see where God's at. I've been there. I know. I understand. I especially understand depression and how in depression you can get so stuck. So I just want you to think right now of that place where you know you need God's power. And then I want you to listen to this quote. The last quote, the last thing on her notes is this. It is impossible for that man to despair who remembers that his helper is omnipotent. 
It is impossible for that man or woman to despair who remembers that his or her helper is omnipotent. That's why we wanted to have a living color view of God today and his omnipotence. Let's pray together. As we begin our prayer, I I just want to read from Exodus 15. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you in majestic holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? So God, we come before you now and we ask now, for some of us it's just the fact that we're stuck. And maybe we're stuck by choice, not not even by circumstance. And Lord, I pray now that you would help us, that we would realize that you give us power to stop, start, or stay. And that we would look for that power to help us to get unstuck. Some of us are stuck because of circumstance. And uh, we don't know the next step to take. We don't see how anything is going to change. And so today I just pray that you would give us a glimpse, God, of your love for us, for each one of us. And that we would be able to take that step, move forward. Even with just a nudge from you, we'd move forward that we could experience your power. And God, I pray as we look at our world and we look at the circumstances of our world that we can get so discouraged and despondent. And Lord, I pray now that you would help us to remember that just as we saw that marble in my fingers, that you hold all the stars, all the skies in your fingers. We've had that piece of sand that just it's so light that nothing is too heavy for you, that we talked about greatness, that no, no one is greater than you. We talked about your unlimited power, that you have all that we need, and that you are able. My God is able. Able. Nothing is impossible for God. God, help us to live with a great faith in a great God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.